their idea is confrontational politics. So basically, always be on the attack, always double down. They certainly hope that there becomes even more of a power vacuum than there is right now. They would absolutely cheer the downfall of the NRA. It's not just liberals cheering the NRA's demise. Groups like the Missouri Firearms Coalition also want to see the NRA's collapse because they say the NRA is too prone to compromise. Politics in general um, have, have become so divisive. And I think on both sides, you have people and organizations who are, who are playing into that. Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. Talk to most people in St. Louis and they'll tell you the state is the Wild West when it comes to guns. That part of the reason the city is so violent is because there are too many guns in Missouri and not enough laws restricting them. Well, this is not the perspective of the Missouri Firearms Coalition. The activist group says this on its website, quote, while professed pro-gun legislators have a majority in both chambers, Missouri lags behind many other states in protecting the rights of law-abiding gun owners. Gun owners have a voice that fights for them in the Missouri Firearms Coalition. If you like the sound of a no-compromise, no-nonsense, and unrelenting organization that is out to protect your gun rights and expose all who would threaten them, then we welcome your support. The group's most prominent member is a guy named Aaron Dorr. With his younger brothers, Ben and Chris, he's running pro-gun groups in states across the U.S., insisting the NRA is weak and too prone to compromise. I, I told that idiot reporter, um, and they're like, so is this, um, we, we saw that the, uh, uh, the Facebook grew uh, very quickly, uh, seemingly overnight. Are you guys being financed by the Koch brothers? I said, oh, no, 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 no. You must have me mistaken. We're not the Koch brothers. All of America is door brothers right door now. Brothers. We're all right. door brothers. And my goodness, we just want to get this country back. Now, the Door Brothers are featured in a new podcast. It's called No Compromise. And joining me to discuss it is its co-host, Chris Haxel. He's a reporter on guns and gun culture for Guns in America and NPR's Kansas City affiliate. That's KCUR. So, Chris Haxel, welcome. Hey, great to be here, Sarah. So your podcast, No Compromise, it goes deep on a family that many Missourians have probably never heard of. But they're apparently huge on Facebook. What are they pushing there? Um, well, mostly they talk about guns. Uh, their big policy push in general is something called constitutional carry, which is also known as permitless carry. And, you know, the idea that you shouldn't need a permit to carry a concealed firearm. But, you know, the truth of the matter is basically they want to get rid of all gun laws. They, they think the Second Amendment is the only uh, gun law our country needs. And when you talk about this idea of, of being able to carry without a permit, how does Missouri stand on that issue? Well, in, in 2016, Missouri did indeed pass constitutional carry, um, and it, it was, you know, one of the most sweeping, um, I, I guess, reductions of, of gun regulation uh, across the country at the time. So right now there are a handful of, of small kind of, uh, you know, there are restrictions on where people can carry and, and that sort of thing. But for the most part, uh, that policy goal has been achieved in Missouri. Okay. So these guys, these Door Brothers and these groups that they have, they have different named groups in different states. Uh, what kind of following do they have? 
Well, they won't disclose their actual membership numbers, so it's it's difficult to say for sure. Um, but if you go by their Facebook following, you're talking a couple million people spread out across. Um, oh, they've got groups in 12 different states. A couple million people. And these people are, are pretty active in, in being involved in these Facebook pages? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, if, if you go and you, you look on the Facebook page, you'll see memes, article links, pictures. They, they post a lot of videos. Right now is kind of a, a quiet time for the videos because I think they're prepping a lot of uh, stuff for the election season and the campaign. But particularly during legislative session, you'll see um, Aaron Dorr and, and his you know, friends and brothers on, on all of their respective groups, you know, sometimes going on Facebook Live for hours at a time. So you contacted several of the people who comment on these videos that, that Aaron Dorr makes for the Missouri Firearms Coalition, and one person got back to you. This is John Burke. He's a member of a militia group called Three Percenters, and he and his wife Carla used to live in Illinois. They chose to retire to the Lake of the Ozarks, they said, because they preferred Missouri's gun laws. We were seriously digging into the state laws and political climate. That was a big factor in in us choosing Missouri. You don't move to Illinois if you're allergic to corn. You don't move to Texas if you're allergic to cattle. You just, you you dig and you find out what the... You don't move to Missouri if you're allergic to (laughs) Naples. The Burks are really big on this idea. They tell me again and again. They do their research. Buyer beware. You've got to know your sources, and you've got to comparison shop the information with anything, actually. Right. You know, uh, you know it, it, the old joke is, well, I read it on the Internet, so it must be true. Uh, it's a joke, but there are people who believe that, right. and you have to research. That research is how John found the Missouri Firearms Coalition. We came across the Dorn Brothers, and we really liked what they were saying. We really liked that they were in Jefferson City, physically in Jefferson City, not just firing off an email or sending a letter or something like that. They were actually on the steps of the Capitol, actually physically being in the faces of the the congressmen and the politicians and talking to them. And that is Missouri resident John Burke. He's featured on this new podcast, which is called No Compromise. We're here today with its co-host, Chris Haxel. Um, So, Chris, John thinks of the Missouri Firearms Coalition as being there in person in Jefferson City. Does that translate to them having clout there? Well, it's it's complicated. Um, I mean, John and Carla are correct. Aaron Dorr does sometimes shoot videos at the Missouri State Capitol or outside the Missouri State Capitol. Uh, So he does go there sometimes. Um, But in talking to legislators in Missouri and a bunch of the other states these guys operate in, um, you hear kind of a different story. So the way it works is is frequently they'll have one or two legislators they're really close with, um, and they film videos with them. But then a lot of the other legislators uh, have never even met the guy or never even talked to him. And you talked to uh, Missouri Representative Susie Pollock. She's a Republican who was elected in 2018. She represents part of Laclede in Camden counties. And she told you that Aaron Dorr was sending members after her. They were harassing her on the first day of the legislative session. Here's Representative Pollock describing the emails that she received from the Dorr's followers. I expect you to co-sponsor and vote for this legislation on my behalf. I'm sick and tired of moderates in Jeff City 
like you killing this bill. What did you think when you started seeing those pour in? Uh, I wondered why they were calling me a moderate. <laughs> <laughs> I think that makes everybody scratch their head in this building. This video Aaron posted got 24,000 views. Everyone was hating on Susie in the comments. Chris read her a few. This is Trump country and election time. You government poop emoji yeah. bags are going to find out, double exclamation point. Right. <laughs> and I'm as red as the blood in my veins, you know. I am so diehard Republican that, that anybody would even question that. It's hysterical to me and everybody that knows me. Susie's super pro-gun and says passing bills that reduce gun regulations is basically the one thing she agrees with Aaron Dorr about. But... He's so hostile and so um, aggressive and rude that I'm, you know, I'm not going to listen to him. And so he is completely ineffective in this house. And that is Representative Susie Pollack. Uh, she's a Missouri representative featured on this new podcast, No Compromise. Um, Chris Haxel, this feeling that, that Susie has that, that this is not somebody who's influencing her, is this just a case of, of uh, Aaron Dorr having just poor bedside manner? He doesn't know how to talk to people. Well, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, Aaron Dorr and, and his pals uh, practice, you know, this no compromise philosophy. And, and that their idea is confrontational politics. So basically, always be on the attack, always double down, uh, don't curry favor with legislators, try to force them to vote for your bill. And, and one of their primary tactics, I mean, you know, when we first started reporting this, this story and this podcast out, you would think they'd go after Democrats. And, you know, they do to some extent, but their primary strategy is to go after Republicans. They, they love to complain about rhino Republicans, right? Republican in name only. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from the perspective of someone like Aaron Doerr, even Susie Pollack here, who really by no definition is a rhino Republican, uh, she still gets labeled as one because that helps Aaron and his followers, uh, you know, it gets them fired up and gets them sending letters and emails and donating money to him. So as you mentioned, Missouri did really loosen its gun regulations back in 2016. And I know Aaron Dorr likes to claim that the Missouri Firearms Coalition deserves credit for that. What did you, in your reporting, find out about their role in that in particular? Well, with, with, with that bill in particular, it, it is true that one of uh, the, the Dorr brothers' primary allies in the state, um, they, they have two primary allies in the legislature, uh, Jared Taylor, um, who is a uh, uh, now he's he's a well he's he's a state rep and then Eric Burleson who's a state senator um, but then was a state rep uh, they're the ones who who kind of pushed this through or at least introduced the bill back in 2016 and and they are allied with Aaron Dorr um, but if you talk to other legislators if you go and you talk to other gun rights activists in the state you'll hear kind of a different story you know they'll credit the NRA or or they'll kind of credit the um, the fact that it was just actually a you know, this is pre-election 2016, and this was an opportunity to uh, have a lot of Republican legislators kind of show their conservative chops by uh, voting for this bill because they were themselves facing election, you know, in a few weeks, basically. So people would have been on board for this even without the Door Brothers whipping people into a frenzy behind the scenes. That's, that's certainly what we've been told, yep. So they are very good at, at whipping up this frenzy. Are they making a lot of money off of that? 
Well, looking at their tax returns, so I mean, these guys all operate uh, as nonprofits, 501c4s traditionally. Um, and so we can see to some extent how much money they make. And, you know, if you, if you do the math and you add up how many people are involved and all the, all the money they bring in across these groups, you know, we estimate it's certainly less than $200,000 per brother per year, which, you know, is decent money, but it's not, uh, you know, it's not Wayne LaPierre money, as they like to say in reference to the, the, the guy who runs the National Rifle Association. Well, as you bring up the National Rifle Association, I mean, some of the national coverage of what those guys have been up to and what appears to be, frankly, some corruption within that group Mm -hmm. and, you know, just spending money on all sorts of fancy stuff. um, It's really hard to defend the NRA. Is this group filling of a valuable void here in that it is a lot more grassroots? They're speaking for people who feel this way. And as you say, it's not like they're getting super rich off this. It, It sounds like enough to have a very comfortable living in the middle of the country, but... I, I don't right. know. Should we be should we be concerned about these guys, or should we look at them as as hey, they're speaking to the sentiment that's out there? Well, they they certainly hope that there becomes even more of a power vacuum than there is right now. They mm. would absolutely cheer the downfall of the NRA, and and, and they want to kind of pick up the mantle from that. They um, a year or two ago kind of started their own national group, which they call the American Firearms Coalition. It's sort of intending to take on the NRA. But the, the key thing is, you know, which we examine in our podcast, is that the Door Brothers and the Missouri Firearms Coalition and all these other groups, they're really just one faction in what we've kind of termed the no compromise movement. And so there are other similar groups doing the exact same thing across the country, operating in different states. And there's also a much larger national organization called Gun Owners of America that, frankly, you know, the Door Brothers have sort of modeled themselves after. And so even if the doors end up, you know, stretching themselves too thin or just kind of running out of steam, there are, you know, millions of people who belong to these other organizations as well. And when you add it all together, um, all of them really are, are kind of hoping the NRA continues its downfall so they can pick up the slack. Hmm. So uh, liberals who feel like, oh, the NRA is going down, this is going to be good news for the gun debate in this country, they might be in for a rude awakening. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, the the New York State Attorney General has called for the disillusion or is trying to dissolve basically the NRA based on its IRS and, and sort of tax issues. And if that happens, I mean, it is true that even within the NRA, there is a large block of pro-gun people who are somewhat moderate. And up until this point, we haven't really seen an org- a moderate pro-gun organization emerge. And so if the NRA splinters, we might see that, um, but we might also see you know, the gun owners of America and the, and the Aaron Doors of the world kind of take over. It's, it's just going to be hard to, it's hard to say what's going to happen exactly. We're talking to Chris Haxel. He's the co-host of the new podcast, No Compromise. Now, Chris, you look at these more extreme No Compromise groups. What do we know about most gun owners in Missouri? Are, are they looking for um, this level of, of lack of compromise that the brothers and their followers are calling for? I think in general, there's there's just a lot of, there's a lack of trust. I mean, for decades and decades, it's just kind of been like, oh, you want to support the Second Amendment? You know, you your NRA membership. Maybe if you really like the NRA, you, you put in the money for a lifetime membership and then they sort of take care of it for you. Um, but as we're seeing now with all of their financial turmoil, 
you know, they, they have been advocating for the Second Amendment, but it's true they do have a history of compromise and they're spending a lot of gun owners' money in pretty reckless ways. Um, and so, I mean, even before we started reporting this out, I mean, I, I would I would hear people complaining about the NRA and, and looking for alternatives. And, and I think certainly um, a lot of gun owners right now are trying to figure out who they can trust. So bigger picture, you seem somewhat unique among reporters in that you yourself are are into guns. I, I hope it's fair to characterize <laughs> it that way. You at least know sure. a lot more about guns than most of us do. When did that begin for you? Oh, I mean, you know, I, I grew up hunting a little bit. I, I, I grew up in central Illinois and, you know, had, had some friends who were really into hunting. And, you know, we would go out and, um, you know, target shoot and that sort of thing. Um, but really my, my main personal experience came when I served in the army. Um, I spent a few years in the military and, you know, obviously spent a lot of time, uh, with firearms and, and had some good friends and close friends and roommates and colleagues who were even more into guns than I did. And, you know, at, at that time was frankly, the, the first time I was really kind of introduced to some of these, uh, you know, the, these no compromise ideas and, and the idea that, you know, the, a common refrain you hear is the Second Amendment isn't about hunting. It's about preventing government tyranny. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to me, at that time, it was a new idea, but that's something, you know, I wanted to explore. And, and we definitely do that in this podcast. You do. And, and it's so interesting to hear these perspectives that we don't always hear. Um, but knowing what you know about guns and just your familiarity with them that so many of us in the media lack, do you think journalists do a bad job of, of covering gun issues because we don't know enough about guns? I do think it's it's a bit of a problem. Um, you know, gun owners like to sort of be gatekeepers on some of this issue and say, oh, you didn't use the right terminology, so therefore that sort of erases the entire article or the entire story you did. And I don't think that's necessarily fair of them. Um, but it also is, you know, as someone who knows the language and knows the terminology, I do frequently see uh, reporters kind of, you know, misuse the terms and kind of, I think the biggest problem is viewing gun owners as a monolith, you know, and, and it's, it's easy. Everyone knows the NRA is the, you know, the, the biggest and most powerful gun rights organization in the country. But I, I think there has been a little bit of a failure to understand that, you know, that the pro-gun world um, is, you know, ha- filled with millions and millions of people who have lots of different ideas. And, um, you know, you, you don't see a lot of people digging into that nuance, I guess. So you seem like the perfect person for somebody like Aaron Dorr to sit down with. He's obviously a guy who can hold his own in an interview, but you actually know what you're talking about, unlike a lot of us. Um, and yet they refused to sit down with you for an interview. Why do you think that was? Well, they they did talk to us very early in the reporting process. Um, but I, I think once it became clear that we were kind of doing a, you know, a long-term investigative story is when they, they bottled up pretty quickly. Um, and, and, and I think it's because a lot of what they do is, um, you know, underhanded might be too strong of a word. But, you know, if, if you're someone in Missouri who watches the videos for the Missouri Firearms Coalition, you're probably not going to realize that Aaron Dorr is also making videos in Iowa. He's making them in Wyoming. He's making them in New York. He's making them for the American Firearms Coalition. And so, you know, then you start to think to yourself, how much time is he really spending advocating for me in Missouri if he doesn't even live here and he's making videos for all these other places too? Mm -hmm. So the fact that you're sort of pulling back the curtain and and giving a peek at what they're working on, this might not be good for their empire building, even if you're helping uh, sort of providing a foil by the national media's covering them. Absolutely.
So you've said that guns didn't used to be so politicized. Who would you blame for this mess we're in now, this politicization of, of what used to not be an issue like that? <laughs> oh, I, I mean, it's it, it's just hard to say. You know, politics in general um, have, have become so divisive and um, have become so much a part of people's identity. And I think on both sides, you have people and organizations who are, who are playing into that. Um, I mean, one thing we cover in the podcast is the doors, they don't just get into guns. Um, they, they get into abortion, they get into a, you know, sort of anti-quarantine and, and stay-at-home orders during the pandemic. And I, I think what we've found is they stuck with guns because it works mm -hmm. and because they're able to drum up a lot of attention and a lot of support. And so, I mean, it, it's, it's sort of playing into, I think, the, the sort of informational silos that people live in now um, in, in the age of social media. Do you see any solution? Is there anything that can bring us forward on an issue like this when, as you say, the polarization is just so extreme? Um, I think people need to find diverse sources of information. Um, one thing that's been interesting in all of this is a lot of the people who are actually part of real-world gun communities have already figured out that the doors are kind of up to no good. I mean, you talk to pro-gun people who know about them, they call them scam artists. But if you're someone who's just on Facebook and you're relying on the algorithm to recommend pages, you know, then you get invited into this group or you watch these videos, you may not know like what's going on in the rest of the gun world. And so I think just broadening your information sources and you know, doing research as uh, the, the Burks sort of referenced, um, but, but actually doing it a little bit better than they did, I guess. Uh -huh. So maybe get off Facebook, see what else is on there before you get back on. That's some good advice mm. for all of us, even those of us not in the gun world. And Chris Haxel, uh, host of No Compromise, I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. Is listening to an episode of St. Louis on the Air part of your daily routine? If so, suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help new people discover our show. Thank you. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.